0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hash It Out podcast. Before we begin, I would like to inform you, this episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. In the honour of Suicide Prevention Month, we will be discussing suicide among college students, factors and prevention efforts. Please feel free to step away and take a moment to yourself. Hi, everyone. I am Medha, pronounced she-her-hers. I'm a computer science junior. This is my first year as SJS scholar. Through this podcast, I wish to advocate for issues that are dear to me, impact the communities that aren't mine, and become more aware of the world around me. My goal is to create a sense of active citizenship among scholars and listeners. I'm grateful for this opportunity, and I hope you enjoy listening to us. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Billin. Hi, my name is and Seleshi.
1: I'm currently pursuing my bachelor's in health sciences at the School of Health and Human Sciences. Um, honestly, I wanted to become a social justice scholar because like Meta, this allows me to spread awareness and be more aware about the issues that are around me and um, issues that are avoided and just not discussed. I will be one of your hosts for this semester and today I'm here with Meta to discuss the suicidal rates in college students.
0: Amazing, thank you for that introduction. Alright, without any further hesitation, let's dive into the topic. So what's suicide? Under the common law, suicide is defined as the intentional taking of one's own life. You know, we come to college full of excitement, hopes, dreams and to learn. Then how do we end up having these ideas or even a matter of fact killing or hurting ourselves? According to the IUPUI Center of Health Policy, suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people, and 19% of those are among 10 to 24-year-olds. The loss of promising life always leaves friends and families with this lingering question that sometimes haunts them for decades. There's that question of like, why? Why would someone do that? And I think... The desire to pinpoint on one specific factor is a very natural thing to do. It's it's a very human, very much like a human tendency. But in reality, suicide is not a line. Rather, it's like an intersection where all roads meet and overlap. Suicide can be only understood as a series of factors, causes or influences that all come together at one place, you know, just like a knot.
1: Yeah, I understand. This completely makes sense because oftentimes it's honestly assumed that someone that has that has attempted or is currently going through suicidal thoughts is being pushed towards suicide because of one factor in their lives. When really it's because of many issues connecting at one point and, as you said, are overlapping. It honestly takes a while to get there, but once that point is reached, it's very hard to get out of it.
0: You know, it's very intriguing. I was reading a bunch of research papers for this topic and I came across a very interesting paper by UNC and they compared the idea of suicide with slot machines. So this particular slot machine is not populated with candy colored icons and golden dollar signs but with the representation of our achievements responsibilities and struggle you know everyone in this world probably has one or two things in that slot machine that are not going well Uh, whether it's getting um, an f in a critical course for their major or paying our tuition but the rest of sort of of signs are going well It's difficult for someone to get three or four bad images on the slot machine, but when somebody gets six or seven, that's when people are at high risk of suicide. And I could personally narrow down it to simple two basic factors for very vulnerable mental health struggles. First is learning basic skills like time, stress management, handling money, being responsible, dealing with interpersonal conflicts. I think when we come to college, we kind of we're very unaware of these things. And it's kind of hard to deal with the idea of just adulting. The second is removal of like secure safety net, like the protection or any form of accountability. Like so far, at least personally for me, I was totally protected by my parents. I was spoon fed, and it was just like they were sort of my security. And once I came to college, it was like, okay, h- how do I secure myself? How do I make sure that I am safe? So... I found that it was it, it was more about also hopelessness it wasn't particularly like a tri- one triggering event like an academic failure or a breakup it was that the person who couldn't see that it would e- ever get better you know we can fight one obstacle at a time but multiple burdens encourages that loop of hopelessness that's
1: that's a very interesting analogy honestly it's um it's a, a new one for me um, I understand what you mean with the first factor, though, but I feel as though it isn't that it isn't in that person's control to fix those issues. Um, like you said, with learning basic skills, that's easy, but like stress management, handling money um, and honestly dealing with conflicts and being responsible, it's possible that you can learn it, but it really depends on who this person is and what they are going through. and. Similar to what you said, no matter how much someone is struggling uh if they don't have that hope, then nothing will improve honestly and hope gives people the power to carry on and keep it pushing because they believe there are better days. You're right though um I see your point, but we have like a better chance of fighting off one obstacle compared to multiple, and uh me. I wasn't really spoon-fed like that, but at the same time, I was able to see everything around me. I was able to face the conflicts and then honestly, like, overcome them. And uh, like you said, facing one obstacle, it just—it was much better than facing all of them because once I came to college, it was much easier to do uh, because I've already gone through so much that this amount of struggle and this amount of stress wasn't as bad as it used to be for me.
0: That makes total sense. I think, like, while college is sort of tough for everyone, it sort of further burdens, like, particular identities or people coming from, like, particular circumstances. Like, there are stereotypes and perceptions about how other people view you or your cultural identity. And that's a very strong cultural value. Like, personally, as an international student, there are more issues to sort of deal with than just classes and making friends, like a clash of cultural values and perceptions could even lead to further difficulties. And additionally, sort of students are burdened more with homesickness, cultural adjustment, academics, social life, even basic things like accent barriers and food and sort of eventually provoking that anxiety or inferiority complexion like back home suicide is a very common among like college students at least one student like one student commits suicide every hour and India is it accounts to over a third of like global suicide rates among women and it's kind of the pressures of you know like dealing with society and the standards to meet that are set by your parents and by the community itself and the competition kind of leads you to sort of like i have been personally been in that sort of an environment and it can get pretty toxic and pretty stressed when those things happen
1: um i just wanted to go back to your comment on the particular identities um when i was doing the research and i saw this study and it was like according to university of michigan suicide statistics it was listed that the highest at risk groups were transgender and gender fluid and they were like 64% that committed suicide, and students with a disability or disabilities were at 43%. And honestly, I just thought it was very ridiculous how people within these groups feel so outcasted that they end up in the corner and no one should end up in, honestly. And, um, but continuing, I'm I'm not an international student, but I am from Ethiopia, so I have seen my brother deal with this stress as well as very close family members. Over the summer, I visited Ethiopia and I talked with friends and family, and I I had that we're currently in their an undergrad undergrad or medical programs, and this really happened to be coincidental. But they told me that since the hardships there were so bad, either students just dropped out. Um, we're just abusing substances uh, or just persevering. And the pressure and stress put onto a student when they go abroad uh, for university is a type of stress that students our age shouldn't be dealing with. And having to start a new life under new rules around new people and just adapting altogether is just a very tiring and frustrating uh, process. Even while dealing with all of this stress, there is no one around to help most of the time and immediate family members would be back overseas. Like I said, I have family that's from Ethiopia, and they came here to study, and they had no one around them. So it was pretty difficult for them to settle in, especially in, like, bigger cities, um, bigger universities, because there's so many people that they never met before. And they know English, obviously, but it's just, like, everything around them, you know, it's not it's not very simple uh, to get used to. So...
0: Yeah, I I can understand and I can relate because I think like even with international students or students with a particular identity, like there is a certain taboo of even seeking help, you know, like, okay, what are the resources on campus, you know, like caps, like, who do I go to if I have these kinds of thoughts, like, Th- and there's also like, okay, if someone knows that, oh, I'm visiting a therapist, or I'm visiting someone for this, you know, how would my family react? How would people around me react, you know? So, like, I can completely relate to that. Like, when I was here, initially I wasn't aware of the resources on campus that I could go to to for my own mental health or for talking about these things or seeking help. So, yeah, like, that's what you said is, like, very true.
1: Definitely. um And with mental health, I, I feel like we have all these resources around us, but a lot of people have family that, you know, they just, they don't really agree or they don't believe in having mental health and they just really just push it off. So if they see their children, you know, having a panic attack or stressed or frustrating, they honestly just say, get over it. Um, You know, it's nothing or they might make it religious or anything like that. So it's pretty hard for students to, you know, go against that and say, I need medical attention, I need mental help. Um, Because then you get backlash from your family. And that's just that that puts you in a worse place than you were in to begin with.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Now that sort of we have discussed the suicide factors and the overall view on it among college students, we will be talking about how IUPUI handles suicide prevention. Um, So I have this
1: teacher. He honestly—he talks about how he's seen so many people go through suicide and, like, have those thoughts um, because the class is ridiculously hard. Um, I'm not going to really name names, but the class is very hard, and he's told me that he's had a lot of people come in. So he always tells us now in the lecture and during labs and whatever, he always just says, you know, if you need help, come to us. We have programs, we have people that you can talk to. Um, if you need you know, school help, we're here, mentors are here, and then we also have different groups in IUPY, like DEEP, um, honestly, even social justice scholars, they're, you know, the mentors above us, they're here for us, they're always willing to help, and then, as well as Norman Brown scholars, they're always just having activities out, um, you know, just, stress-reducing activities, adding, you know, depression awareness programs, and even training more people to help us get rid of the feelings that we're feeling and help us become better and do what we actually came to college to do.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I think something that I came across recently was the Center for Health, like RUPOS Center for Health Policy, that they did sort of they recommended suicide preventions for Indiana and how sort of Indiana's response was for this particularly um, uh, this particular topic and they kind of came up with 24 sort of community mental health centers and they split the prevention idea into sort of primary and uh, secondary so you know like for, for instance like promoting pr- uh, pro-social activities and community engagement whether it's anti-stigma and how to make sure that people you know talk about this and sort of there's more awareness or whether it's anti bully campaigns and sort of any screening programs and i think something that uh recently or it's sort of in one of the caps um the work that they've published on suicide there's something called this question pursue and refer is the qpr strategy and like they have the mental health integration so sort of like primary visits for school like for students in school and kind of also like once they are sort of you know like post sort of they are passed through that like having those type of feelings also post checkup so it's like oh post prevention what is something like is a person still safe like once you know like if they say okay they are okay or like they went through the prevention programs that are provided by the indiana government or by the resources on campus like are they still safe? Like, does that ever go away? And sort of, they have kind of built a like postvention. That's what they call it, and it's a very interesting sort of structure that they have in place. And like, state and local funding sort of goes towards it. So it's kind of, it it also increases sort of um, the consistent data collection and improves like, like timely, affordable, and quality mental health care. Sort of when you have these programs in place.
1: Yeah, um, I have to, like, I really like that part where you were talking about how they have post uh, checkups. Because a lot of programs that I've seen and I have had friends um, involved in, they have the, like, the during type of deal where they're, like, checking up on you while you're going through it. But as soon as you say you're better, they just leave you alone, push it off to the side, never check up on you again. And then for some people, it's just a whole spiral down and then like they're just back to being where they started where they started so I really think that's a a good thing that they have um and it sounds like the structure is pretty nice Uh, so I feel like you know a lot of kids would benefit from that not even students honestly because this affects adults as well but students adults anyone and everyone I'm pretty sure that it'll help them
0: yeah, I totally agree. I think something that on campus that sort of everyone should be looking out for is number one caps. I think that's that's the number one place to go if you're sort of if you need help or if you need sort of anything related to this topic in general Um, and I think something other is Active Minds Mm -hmm. so Active Minds is a club they sort of um, promote mental health um, like well-being and ending stigma at IUPUI they do not offer sort of professional help it's all student-led so if you're sort of if you're sort of not like if you don't want to go to a professional like directly you just want to talk to someone you know who relates to you who's like you who you see as a peer I think that club itself is a a really great resource on campus to sort of go for uh you know just even if you like even if you have those type of feeling or even if you feel like okay I'm not like you want to help like you want to seek help in some way I think like there are Clubs and sort of resources on campus that we can go to, and these are one of the best ones.
1: Could you tell, you know say it again so we can you know let other people know what these programs yes. are and they can come back.
0: CAPS for CAP stands for Counseling and Mental Health Services, and they have uh really they have about like when I checked sort of their site, they had a good amount of licensed mental health counselors. So I think that's something that if you want to set up an appointment, you can just sessions. Mm-hmm. So the first six sessions are sort of free. So if, if that's something that anyone wants to try, like, yeah.
1: So I, I definitely see, um, I like these programs. I didn't even know about two of these. I knew that we had other programs, but I didn't know about the rest. And I think that if anyone is feeling any type of way, if they need the stress relief, if they need, even if you are, you haven't reached that point, do not let it reach that point. Um, if you need the help come out, don't hesitate to reach out Uh, We have all these programs. They're just waiting for people to ask about them. Um, They're always here. Honestly, they're they're here twenty not twenty four seven, but they're here most of the time, and they're ready to help. They're willing to help. So, you know, if you need it, come out.
0: Thank you for listening to us. Um, This is, I hope you guys enjoyed. Please leave any feedback or anything you have sort of on our iTunes podcast, the SoundCloud, and everywhere the uh, sort of the episode is available. And you can also check out our social media because we will be posting some great, we have Real Talk and we have other programs that are coming up. So anything, please, please reach out to us, you know, talk to us. If you need us,
1: we're here. everyone is here we have mentors we we're here
0: um i hope you enjoyed listening to us thank you so much for joining us see you next time